God bless all my enemies, that friendly shit offended me. You jealous and you envy me. I wish you would. I up this fire, my head depend on me. That's one more. Um, yeah, I didn't mean to do that. <laughs> but it's fine. Um, Never been had it out for me going in. Let's do five, four, three, two. All right, man. Um, back once again. Back for the first time. That's a drop. Yeah, I guess so. Oh, we got to. All right, we here. Um, you see it uh, or don't see it? I feel like I lost my touch for intros, but I guess intros are an acquired taste. Yeah. Let's do it again. This is just bounce ideas. Um, do a clean sweat. Do a clean clean clean, clean swipe of the whole first intro, and then we'll. Five, four, three, two. Uh, you're doing great. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'll go. I'll go. I'll go. My turn. My turn. My turn. Five, four, three, two. Once again, it's on. Uh, yeah, yeah, wash yeah, God. Yeah, yeah. Wash never washed up. We yeah. are back again. Yeah, yeah. I am Sean Luke Picard. And I am Draft. That was alright I like that one Yeah okay yeah. We did it I thought right. that's how we used to do it Yeah, yeah. Alright so Yeah Y'all saw us work that out live <clears throat> Thank you for uh, Bearing with us Yeah um, That being said It's good to be back um, Yeah yeah I can't yeah, even yeah, yeah. We're back yeah. I'm kind of look forward To trying to sit down And have conversations With friends again <laughs> I haven't had the time Or I just haven't had the need it's been an interesting set of uh circumstances like i ain't never really had this much free time and then not or even the energy sometimes the energy just don't be there to have certain conversations yeah yeah i feel like i've been running from fire to fire recently so it's been hard to really sit back and even really process anything but um yeah we're here we're back uh uh, where? Yeah, I don't know. They have like <laughs> rhymes and shit. Yeah, and hey. I'm sorry, sorry guys, man. It's, you know, it's like an old car. Gotta gotta warm up. Yeah, gotta warm up a little bit. But uh, Sometimes yeah, you gotta push it uphill. Yep. But um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, yeah, we're back once again. This is episode something. I don't know what episode this is, but um, it'll be it's somewhere like in the um, 80s. Yeah, early yeah. 90s, maybe. Yeah, yeah maybe 90. Yeah, but um, maybe it's somewhere between 88 and 90. Yeah, yeah, it is um, good to be back. Um, How was your week? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> that's tricky, man. I didn't do shit. Um, I to say, don't be so descriptive. Yeah, yeah. Save something for the imagination. Yeah, man. yeah. So, nah, it's been a slow week. It's been a lot of, a lot of, a lot of black guy think time, man. So. Of course, that's always dangerous. Um, yeah, it used to be a blessing. Like you kind of look at it as a, as a mini vacation, but the longer like, you live, the more you got to think about. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's like it's, anything though. Like too much of anything is a bad thing. Right. So. Um, yeah, I didn't do shit. Uh, it's been a slow week. Um, congratulations to the Warriors. I went in there um, fourth championship i believe yeah so yep. congratulations to steph, steph uh, curry clay. Is finally tied with lebron as far as championships yeah, yeah. won over a career yeah yeah so south steph clay um draymond iggy pool yeah jordan pool on his first wiggins. ring yeah wiggins on his first Shout ring. Out andre Iguodala, man yeah yeah got you a ring um culture from curry. the sidelines we saw you your blood sweat and tears are really winning these players yeah, you really was a six man this this uh championship. Yeah, he played a few minutes too. I've seen mm-hmm. him in there a few times. So, so yeah, so shout out to them. Yeah, other than that, I just been watching basketball. Um, yeah, yeah, and uh, yeah, nothing, nothing too much, man. Probably one of my slower weeks in my uh my recent memory. So, which is uh, I guess is a blessing, man. I don't know. Every cloud has a sky, bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that part. Yeah, that's all I got. Yeah, my week was pretty slow as well. Um, I've been going back and forth with the the struggles of having to look for work. I hate that shit, man. I'm I'm getting to the end of my rope, but like I'm still in a position where I feel like something's gonna shake. But just not looking forward to the idea of having to be back on a regular schedule. Like while shit was kind of like moving at a moderate pace, like you almost can glide into the decline. 
But eventually, like I knew I was going to have to find something or take what I could, you know, what was sitting in front of me. So I will say I think I found a gig. I'm not looking forward to starting it, but it'll be it'll be a solution to a few of the issues I got right now. Just got to work it into all the other shit I got going on or I'm trying to do. Um, what else? Caught up on a lot of television. We'll talk about that later. But I think there's something to be said about being overstimulated. I started picking up books again just because I'm tired of looking at fucking screens. I need something that doesn't have any color to it. And um, my daughter has a laptop, and I recently remembered the password. It took me like three months to remember the password to that shit. And uh, she had been telling me the whole time, and I was just completely disregarding it. Like, yo, she, she don't know what she's talking about. There's no way she can remember this. That's exactly what she said. <laughs> and she typed it in, I think, the first time. So, yeah, man, shout out to uh, losing my memory. It's getting terrible. Um, but she's been complaining about her eyes hurting. And I'm like, yo, this has never happened. Like, nothing. Even with television watching. and it's only it's only become an issue because she stares at a laptop so much. And it's interesting the type of stuff that kids the loops that YouTube and stuff like that get you into. Like I see why people made such an issue about it. Like the policing the parental controls on YouTube just because it goes some weird places. Um Yeah. Yeah, you definitely fall in some crazy rabbit holes watching YouTube. Yourself but, uh, as an adult. Yeah. For children it's even weirder. Yeah. The the idea of watching other children play is weird. But I guess we kind of did the same thing. Like, our version of that was probably, like, Nickelodeon for television during that era. Because that's all they do is they make, like, arts and crafts and then get each other terribly dirty or drop each other on their head. Yeah, but not quite. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure if there was a version of whatever the fuck, like, Twitch is, but I don't know what it would be. Like, I don't remember ever an age of a kid's just... Sitting around watching other kids play video games and shit. There was a whole there was a whole game show. I forget what it was called. But it used to come on Saturday mornings. Um and it was it was kids like playing video games. It was like half video games and half actual competition, like double dare or some shit like that. Um, and so like the idea of watching other kids play, when I think about Nickelodeon, I think like Legends of the Hidden Temple or Guts. And now it's like just they, kids they doing, doing that like themselves. Tug of war and I don't know. I feel like they were doing shit where you could really, like, <laughs> like you might go outside and, like, get a group of your friends and do that shit, too. Like you do online. I guess. I think it's I think it's another. I've been seeing kids watching games. I mean, like, Twitch of games they don't even own. Like, it's yeah. not even like they're going to, like, go home. It's not like they even peep a strategy or some shit. It's just like they just. They're watching the entertainment value of a person doing something. Uh, it's a uh, yeah. I mean, I guess I, I think I see boil the it down to that. Then shit, I feel man. like I see the direct correlation. Just the graduation of ideas from. But you want like to boil it down like to that? Then wild and like, crazy kids. To I mean, that's just football. Uh, essentially, yeah. I'm just say that. But it's, or wrestling. <laughs> yeah, but all right, more wrestling. But I don't know. Maybe I could be completely off base. I just don't see the entertainment value in it. Like. <laughs> 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 That's part of being washed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't see the entertainment value in the uh, stuff that my daughter looks at, but it's like kids making, uh, what do you call that shit? Gack or goo, whatever that is. Like slime. There we go. I can't mm -hmm. remember. I had to go through all the Nickelodeon vernacular yeah, to get there. They're all essentially the same thing. Yeah. But, but like kids will make slime. Like, we didn't know how to make slime as kids. Now yeah, they got it on but, the internet, and now kids are playing with it in front of each other. And they but, sell you all these products based off the fact that kids are playing with it. And that's another thing that I've realized. Like, it's, her computer is like touchscreen, so it's easy for her to like select what she wants to see. If she doesn't know how to like really identify the difference between an ad and a video, she's clicking ads. And before you know it, like you're sitting there looking at a toy or a game that you can buy. And it's like, yeah, I want to do this. It's like, nah, you, this isn't even a real, this isn't YouTube. It's like, well, that's where I found it. Like, it's a whole other, like, idea as far as, like, you know, how, are the, how these things are promoted to children and the type of stuff that you end up interacting with while, you're, while they're left alone with it. Um, I mean, the fact that we have filters, though. Like, we have more of a filter on what mm -hmm. could be advertised to kids. So it's like. 
Yeah, this is with the filter on. <laughs> like, I'm seeing this type of shit with the filter on. That's I, mean, what, I mean, not an actual, like, digital filter, but I mean, like, as far as, like, a filter. Us being, yeah. As far as, like, the way they could reach us. Like, yeah, you could go TV or radio back then, but other than that, you couldn't really reach kids. Like, mm. kids weren't really on the internet in the 90s and shit like that. So, it's like, to reach kids, you had to do, like, through cartoons and shit like that. You had to get, like, the... the um, the uh, Saturday morning blocks where you could like advertise toys and shit like that but now it's like you can do that shit 24-7 mm-hmm. and you can choose and with this- discretion what what demographic you want to promote to just based off the content that's already out there and there's no like sense of uh, quality in that None. shit anymore so it's like at least like Tyco whoever the fuck was making toys back then like they had to have their money up to get it but any Tom, Dick, and Harry can get some fucking YouTube ads and promote their bullshit shitty toy to your kid. Or, you know. But, um, I don't know, man. I feel like I, my parents, they might have not liked the shit I was into, but I could see, like, why I found it entertaining. But maybe, maybe not. It's, uh, like I said, I think, I, I just had to put it in perspective. That's probably part of my watch moment is just being able to sit back and look at, like, oh, before I condemn something, I got to look at what I was into or how I moved when I was a kid. And then just the generational gap, having to go through that process is interesting, like seeing it in real time. It's almost like seeing more gray hair. It's like the gray hair of thinking. It's like, damn, all right, we're here now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I just think the the level of what people call entertainment is kind of just lowering. Oh yeah, definitely. Like, Just because everybody has the opportunity to do it. Yeah. And we're in a world where everybody kind of feels like they're a star their own movie. So having a camera on the front and back of your phone just gives you so much more opportunity to like, either turn up or make a complete ass out of yourself. Yeah. I mean, I feel like technology is making the world go backwards, like in a way where it's, you wouldn't think it would. Like you would think it would make entertainment. Like so much more, like or communication better. Yeah, you would make think it would make it so so much more like in depth and like detailed and shit and like interesting. But entertainment's got like way less interesting because of cell phones and technology. I think we've advanced tech. We've advanced as far as technology is concerned, but the thinking hasn't caught up. So the same way that like I like I I realize why I like sketch comedy shows. Or at least one of the reasons I think I like sketch comedy shows is because uh, it's a lot of different ideas in one packaging. Like I can, you can take me a lot of different places, and I don't lose my train of thought in the storyline trying to keep up with a thirty-minute show. It's a lot of things for me to pay attention to, and uh, ironically, I remember those shows a lot better because it's in, it's in little five, ten minutes. Yeah, chunks, it's it's, you know, it's more condensed. Seven-minute blocks, and. Uh, I sort of lost my thought, but in that, in to that same token, like I see the way people think, and I, I'm able to kind of like associate like the understanding that I have with certain ideas with the, the thought processes that goes with creating that whole that whole look, whereas other people just kind of see it as a 30 minute block, and um, I think that's generational too, like because I don't think my parents think like that because they're not in the shows like that, like you 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 sit you watch. Soap operas from our day and then, or from their day, and then you look at shit like Power and Empire, and they're pretty much the same, but the pace is completely different. That shit don't yeah, move yeah, like yeah. Matlock. Yeah. <laughs> it's not going to move like The Young and the Restless. Yeah, yeah. But the storylines and the archetypes are all the same. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, that was pretty much my week, man. Uh, like I said, I ain't really been on shit either. Um, What else? That was kind of my wash moment. I'm talking that up as my wash moment, too. Uh, it's fine. Uh, I guess my wash moment was, I probably said this on the last pod, but I'll say it again because I know if that shit's coming out. But uh, <laughs> shout out to my nephew. Um, he just graduated. Um, shout out CJ. Sounds. Um, but, yeah, man, uh, just seeing him as an adult was kind of crazy, man. I remember when he was born, so that shit was uh, – kind of like a ah, moment um <laughs> but also just you know yeah his little little female friends with him and i was like oh damn bro 
I'm at that age where it's like, mm. yeah, I'll just leave it at that. So that's my watch moment. <laughs> <laughs> I was, I was waiting, bro. Cause I was going. <laughs> like, get your bleeps ready. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. shout out to my nephew, man. Hey, shout out, CJ. Um, I do remember when you was good. mad young, son. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, good you to had, see you. You, you sound like a, a Disney character. Yeah. That's probably the most, like, when you start seeing young people, like, shout out Logan. Get um, their little baritone and shit. Yeah, their yeah. voice changes. Yeah, yeah. And they still got that dumb look on their face. Mm-hmm. They still got that look. Uh, yeah, man. It's like nothing disappointed you yet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you so optimistic. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it, I'm, I'm not. I guess this is part of. I mean, the tag on the your wash moment. Part of my realization about my personality as a, as an elder statesman. Like I'm disgruntled. Like I, I walk in the room and I start throwing jabs and shit. <laughs> Try to hit you in your ribs. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well. Just for fun, just because I just want to see, make sure you're on your square. And I'm, I gotta stop doing it because it's not, it's not becoming. Nobody likes that nigga. Like you don't want the nigga to always, especially after a long day. <laughs> just come in and rough you up for no yeah, reason. Yeah, yeah. I was, I, I was keeping it cool at the little party, man. I felt like being away for a minute had me just made me fall back a lot. I'll be having shit to say when I'm out now. But, um, yeah, that's my watch moment, man. Nephew getting old. Um, it's good to see family, though. Um, shout out to them. All my family I got to see. Won't see you too much no more. <laughs> uh, nah, I'm fucking around. But, uh, <laughs> um, I guess we'll get into the topics. Uh, RIP Trouble. It's no real easy way to say this. Um, we, uh, we've had a rough year in Atlanta. Summer's already kind of. Turn into one of those RP key too, man. Yeah, RP low key. Um, forgot about that one. We're out in the conversation we were having just about the loss of trouble. Looking at it since since probably about April, it's been a rapper a month, and not to mention just the the constant reminder of who getting arrested and might be going to jail for a murder that they might have committed years ago like all the stories that are swirling around at the same time like it's been kind of depressing and uh that being said for i know pretty much everybody by the time they hear this they'll have already heard the news and the breakdown on the stories i ain't want to get too much into specifics because it just it come across messy and it's messy as is but um the city kind of mourning the loss of trouble in a way that i didn't expect Mostly because I didn't expect this type of shit to happen, um, but it's a uh, it's been encouraging to see the outpouring of like love for a nigga like Trouble because he here he's everybody's kind of like underground hero, like as far as rap is concerned. Like everybody who kind of you if you know Atlanta rap, you know who Trouble is and you fuck with the songs that that made you know mainstream success a little bit like everybody kind of knows him off those songs that he may have done with Drake or the Mike Will tape made or the Mike Will made it tape uh Edgewood but yeah R.I.P. Trouble um the city lost a good one uh I hope this kind of encourages people to slow the fuck down like at least move smart um the, we Atlanta's one of those places where I feel like we get more of like the crimes of passion like even and it's always it's always kind of been like that too. Like I don't know if you remember, uh, it seemed like it was a point in time where every news story about a murder involved somebody like murdering a spouse or some shit. And uh, now it seems like back then I'm just gonna go ahead and say that it was more white folks. Like it wasn't definitely it it was, it was nowhere near as many black people. You'd see the domestic the violence uh, stories, but they had to be famous. Like that shit was not reported on in the news like it is now. Um, but uh. Yeah, man. Niggas gotta stop killing each other for stupid reasons, man. Um, but that's my take. I didn't mean to eat that up. No, no, you good. Um, cause I ain't really have much to say about it other than R.I.P. Um, Trouble. Um, Mario. Samante or, but yeah, shout out to that that guy, man. Um, 
life too short. Looks like he's only like a year older than I am. So shout out to him um, and his family, man. Um, hope everybody keep their head up. Yeah, it's, it's unfortunate, man. Um, like you said, they said the story is a bit messy. I don't want to get too deep into it because mainly I don't really know what the fuck happened. I mean, and and even if we talked about it, I mean, I ain't gonna bring him back. And so, um, yeah. Trouble was big in Atlanta. He was one of them dudes. Um, I think everybody had a certain level of respect for. Um, Moved around freely. Real man of the people. Um, It it wasn't nothing to see him out. And I think that's part of the reason that a lot of niggas like that. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I think it's part of the reason why a lot of niggas like that end up in these type of situations. Like, like niggas be too familiar with this. Niggas are too familiar with their surroundings. They get laxed and uh, bad things happen. It's one thing to to be in your hometown and like be low key, but it's another thing to kind of be moving around and people know that you you kind of got it like that. And that's a, and only you can judge that because that that may look different for different types of artists. Like I'm sure currency can be in New Orleans all day, but currency don't necessarily move like other rappers do, and that. That's just, I mean, the knowledge, wisdom effect. Like you might, you might know it's like that, but you might, you might not be smart enough to move or get away from it in time. Yeah, it's just tricky, man. You hear the whole shit about rappers, how they should um, leave their hometown. It's like everyone always says, like, "Oh, you're a rapper, bro. You gotta get the fuck out your hometown." But um, I mean, I guess you could add this one to the list. It's unfortunate, though. Because, like I said, man, I, I don't remember hearing anything negative about Trouble as far as um, Atlanta reputations are concerned. And, yeah. and think one of those things like that kind of, like, your um, your rep- reputation tends to precede itself here because everybody's so connected. So even if somebody don't know you personally, they might. We can figure know. out who you are. Yeah, yeah. What, Especially if you if you say you, you are, if you are what you say you are. Yeah, you yeah. Know, a little bit. We'll figure out how I got there. You and said. I think that's what they did. Yeah, like, yeah. They, he, even with this situation, Streets yeah. knew what happened before the news started rep- reporting it. Yeah, yeah. But I think that's what anything for the most part, if it's a street matter, because I mean, yeah. it was always somebody there. When I say streets in quotes, because I definitely mean Instagram. Yeah, I was gonna say Twitter, but these Twitter streets, these tweets. Um, but yeah, man, RIP trouble once again. I don't want to harp on that too much, cause that ain't gonna bring them back. But also want to pay my all. respects. To the Atlanta legend, yeah, stop the violence, trouble, man. man. Uh, wholeheartedly, I know that sounds very cliche to say, but I, I feel the importance of. I feel like it's important to kind of say it and mean it, without it being, just another. Term, term to uh, what you call it, coin a phrase. Like, it's it's too many people out here dying unnecessarily, and as a man with children, like on both ends of the spectrum. I saw another news story. I don't even know if it was here. It made me want to kind of put my phone down. But a nine-year-old girl was shot and killed. And it's not even the, really the, like, it's just the beginning of summer. Everybody knows. I don't know if it's a, I know it's a, a statistic that's legitimate. But black people just know that bodies just rack up in the summer. And Yeah. I don't know where that comes from or when it started. But That's why they call it a cold summer, man. Um, it's been Atlanta's been hard hit as of recent, and reminded all the ghosts of all these other moments, all these other hot summers. You know what I mean? Yeah. The trouble shit remind me of the shit when um when Nut got killed. And yeah. I was like, man, I just remember the whole block being outside, like everybody was just outside walking around. Something that, like niggas was lost. <laughs> niggas was really lost. I think Atlanta is being seen as a potential like major market i mean we're already a pretty major market but we're just we keep getting bigger and bigger so um police man they're not playing man um as far as like the um ysl shit which is another thing that's kind of rocking atlanta right now yeah but um see this is this is just really giving some more ammunition to do shit like that though unfortunately and i think it's very unrelated too because it's when you definitely look, unrelated when you look at the details of it it's just and it and this is another reason why we've talked about it on a number of pods earlier um but the term rapper just sound like nigga like you're really expendable and they treat you as such and um 
it's unfortunate. That's why, like, seeing the real love for people like Trouble and the real love for people like Key, why hearing news about the YSL trial is kind of triggering and, them, and having conversations about, you know, the use of black art as a reason to condemn us for alleged crimes, like, needs to be had because they will paint a, a certain type of narrative of you before you ever get the chance to defend yourself based on the fact that you're successful or something they deem is inappropriate. Um, and it don't have to be like that. Like uh, they don't do that with other art forms anymore. Yeah. They had their, their period where they had to win the American public over like rock, um, what you call blues music, all that shit. Even like certain genres of rock. I mean, that you would say that hardcore rock and roll was shocking at the time, but you know, things graduate right? and you you've been able to see that with with rap music as well mostly for the better like rap is one of the most popular art forms in the world everybody kind of uses it to sell their merchandise or gain attention for uh sports shows like i'm hearing like like what is it us uh the memphis grizzlies are using a whole lot of three six mafia references yeah they been using uh the whoop that trick shit they do that shit in the state uh, in the uh in the stadiums <laughs> that's wild yeah Imagine back in the day, we got white folks seeing hustle and flow, and thinking to myself like, "Yo, this is gonna be, they gonna make this song uh, a, a chant in the NBA." Yeah, it's a lot of like things David Stern wrong. rolling over in his grave right now. Yeah, it's a lot of things wrong with that chant. It's 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 interesting that the NBA allows it thus far. Yeah, this is gonna be like the all skeet skeet moment. Somebody gonna realize they're gonna really do their due diligence. Yeah, somebody, I mean, I don't feel like it's a lot of diligence you got to do. They, but, you don't. I thought that about yeah. uh, all skeet skeet. What you think skeet skeet mean? Nah, I mean, I feel like that's a little bit deeper. It's a little more nuanced. Yeah, for sure. With the, so. with the whoop that trick, it's like, I mean, I mean, what, I mean, it's only, what else would it mean? It's, it's, uh, it's admissible because it's the other team. So, like, being disrespectful to them is, it's all right. And the ladies love it. All right. Huh? <laughs> I guess because they haven't had as many domestic violence things going on in the NBA. <laughs> um, they're allowed to say hey, shit. Hey, you like definitely could do it in the NFL. Yeah. <laughs> that trick? What? That's not something you could do in the mm, NFL at all. Mm. I mean, you really probably shouldn't do it anywhere. But Baseball either. Yeah. I, mean, it's a, I don't think you should probably be doing it anywhere. But, hey, man, um, y'all like it. I love it. It's funny how the moral police only step in when they decide to step in. Everybody's just acting like this shit's not happening. I'm surprised there wasn't any, um, they probably had security on a bean this, uh, finals. But all the protests, this is the most I've ever seen, like, public protest in the NBA season. Like, all these, uh, activists showing up the game, trying to rush the court. Like, I, I'm surprised there weren't any in the finals. I figured they would have been on a, on a big moves, a power moves. I think it's a lot harder with the finals, and then it's just... Um, you say that, but a nigga stuck in to the finals, uh, stuck into the stadium when the finals were in uh, Golden State because he looked like Clay. Yeah, yeah I saw hoodie. that. I saw that. Yeah, yeah. He did look like Clay. I thought it was Clay when I saw the picture. I'm like, mm-hmm. well, I get it, bro. I mean, security make mistakes. But I just think it's harder to, like, do it. Like, it's probably easier before the game when nobody's in the seats, but it's like... I remember like cheating, cheating up like once people would leave their seats and taking people's seats like or when yeah. they were and like shit, nigga, security was on me. That was just a Hawks game. <laughs> they were like, nah, I mean, they wasn't on me. They let me chill. But everybody that was with me, they definitely had to go back to the, our, our original seats. Like I was the only one that skated. I'm like, oh man, these niggas on it. <laughs> Look at y'all going back. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sit right here and chill though. Y'all niggas be easy. I fucked up. Yeah, I know oh. how to play this rich shit better. <laughs> Niggas think I'm supposed part. to be here. Yeah. <laughs> Get your shit together. <laughs> I was looking around, like looking at security, like, man, what's up, what's these, man? What's up with these? Appreciate niggas? you getting riffraff yeah, out here, yeah, man. <laughs> Look at these motherfuckers, man. This thing's not- ruining my experience. It's fucking kids, but uh, I don't know how we got here. Me either. Um, <laughs> finals trouble. I don't know. Um, the finals were. Interesting. I mean, I didn't really have anything to report because I didn't really watch the playoffs like that. It was hard for me to get into basketball this year. And I said that. I remember saying at the beginning of the year, I'm like, yo, I'm going to get into basketball. <sighs> Definitely didn't. Life took over. As it tends to do. Yeah. Um, 
I got to see a little bit of playoff basketball. I was out of the country, so I was watching like mainly on YouTube, like the re re reruns and shit, like just the big mega clips of the whole games. But um, I think we said it before. Congrats to all them people. Um, what else we got? Fuck it. Um, Gerard Carmichael uh, um, recently yeah. did a uh, interview with um, GQ magazine where he was asked a question about Dave Chappelle, and I don't know how comedians work. Like, I guess it works like any other entertainment industry. It varies. But I think it, I think it's it's an unwritten rule among solid individuals. Like, you just don't speak on other people's name without at least having a conversation with them first. And I don't know what their relationship is as far as the comedy world is, is concerned. But um, I asked him a question about Dave Chappelle, and he was uh, kind of flippant as far as his response about, you know, his legacy. Um basically said if you google him the first things that comes up is uh somebody who's taking a stand on uh anti-transgender narrative which is i think false and even if it is true so like we don't necessarily control the way people perceive the shit we do yeah like you all you can do especially as a comedian your job is to give commentary um and make it hilarious or make it point and uh, if this is the conversation that's being had, and you choose to talk about it. You're you're just being observant. You're not trying to shape your legacy. Right? Your legacy should be already shaped based on the fact that people are even listening to you have these conversations about these ideas. Because a lot of people don't make it that far. Their opinions don't resonate. Mm. And that's just for me. That's just from a logical standpoint. From the standpoint of looking at it like. This just sound like you hating. Like it sounds emotional. It don't necessarily need to come from a place where you having this conversation with somebody else about his legacy, especially as a comedian, because we could do that shit about you. Like, and I don't think you take it the same way. Yeah, I think that you always need a nigga to speak on another nigga and kind of bring him down a notch. Like, um, so how appropriate that another uh, black comedian where they can like. If you pitched to be like the anti Dave Chappelle, and man. if you wanted, if you wanted to spin it like he's gay, the, he's, yeah, the conspiracy, the conspiracy angles it, it isn't as far fetched as you want to make it seem because they wanted to prop somebody up. He probably just banging his set and he feels some type of way because you know after this uh his new most recent I don't even know if you call it stand up because it wasn't really funny. I ain't gonna cap you down. That shit was not funny. Um, but the Rothaniel special that he released where he came out as uh, being gay, you you may, to make this comment in GQ, you may have a particular bias. That's fine. But having that argument in a public setting is still, that shit still spooky. But hey, man, shout out to you, man. Uh, I think. Um... I, say you, I say that shit, man. It's just going to be funnier. Y'all should have real beef. Yeah, man. I just don't see what what's to come of him like giving his opinion on that. I mean, you I and get Daniel it. Daniel Caesar team up and get y'all revenge, man. Yeah, yeah. I get it, but I just think um, it just I, it seems like those two people would be in close enough uh, correspondence. To where they could like actually sit down and have a conversation about that, rather than like antagonize one another through the media. Obviously, Dave Chappelle didn't say anything, so it's not his fault. But yeah, maybe yeah. we may have this whole thing wrong. Like but, I may be fanning out and being like, "Why the fuck you got anything to say about anybody? Who are you?" But Dave Chappelle might not. It may not resonate with him at all. He may not say shit. Yeah, he's why not would care. He? Yeah, I, don't, I mean, I don't think he he actually cares. Like. To have a stand-up special and to take the stances that he did, which I don't even feel like he took any stance about trans people. He just That's what everybody else kind of yeah, shaped it to that's be. that's how y'all inferred it. Like, I think you just For him, him to be on that platform and say anything about it in general was going to get that type of response. Just give him food for thought, man. I, don't, I think it, uh, most like most art is up to interpretation, but I don't think he he wrote the special like, hell yeah, I'm about to get back. Set it off. Yeah, I'm about to get at these trans. This trans community is going to be... They're gonna be finished after this. Like I don't think that was his intention. Had a mission to accomplish. Yeah, I think you're just telling some stories, and it's just like, hey man, just look at it from this angle. But um, <clears throat> yeah, I definitely don't see him as any like pitchfork 
uh, tiki torch leader of any community, like as far as like anti trans or anti gay or anything like that. Like it never came off like that to me. So, um, but yeah, man, uh, Roger Carmichael, whatever the fuck that nigga name is. Um, Real thing. Yeah. I never thought was, like you said, I just, I never found him funny, man. I try to get into the Rothaniel special. I try to get into a few of his specials before then. I just, I just didn't, I, think, I, I, I think didn't understand what he was trying to do. I feel like he's trying to be Seinfeld, but they, 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 he doesn't wrap the jokes up the way I need them to be wrapped up. He don't tie them up correctly. He just kind of gives stories. I think, I think he's smart. And I, and I mean that, like his ideas, the way he gets, the way he formulates thought is intelligent. I just don't think he's funny. You know what I mean? I think it sounds intelligent. I don't know how intelligent it actually is either. He's one of those people that's really good at saying things, packaging them in a way where it sounds like he's saying a lot. But when you just stand back, when you just take a few steps back, it's just like, what the fuck did oh, this, this nigga just say? <laughs> <laughs> oh, this ain't. <laughs> I don't think this nigga said anything. Like, he, don't, he doesn't it's say anything. It's a spy puzzle. Yeah, you just like... People like that are just, they know those word combinations that sound deep and, like, intellectual, but they're, they're not actually saying anything. Mm. It's just like, yeah, I mean, you're very well-spoken. I'd say he's very well-spoken, but he's not necessarily smart. I think that those are the two biggest tricks that Hollywood's ever played on anybody or entertainment in general. It's like, people are well-spoken, but they're not smart. <laughs> they're like, PR trained. Yeah, yeah. Like, they know how to convey their thoughts very efficiently, but they don't have, like, intelligent thoughts to convey it's just like like minutia just worded like nicely like, yeah, they have they, they like the processing skills in order to apply that information you don't have like actual takes that's yeah. why I think like the Dave Chappelle shit was like a, a red flag for him cause it's just like bruh it's comedy like if if you if anyone should understand like even if let's say he was anti if he's doing it in a comedy set dog like Honestly, like, that's supposed to be the, the safe place to have radical thoughts. Like, this, I've seen female comedians get on stage and say, fuck men. You know what I'm saying? And say shit like that. Like, I don't think it's... Obviously, it's, it's comedy. It's it's meant to be tongue-in-cheek. Like, that's the whole idea. I mean, I think yeah, you kind of we establish the that groundwork. Yeah, it's not like a fucking anti-gay rally. Then, all right, man. Then you could talk about it. But, yeah, it's comedy. Yeah, you it's tongue-in-cheek. You make yourself like look like the person who doesn't get the joke. Yeah, yeah. And as a comedian, that's a little bit troubling. And that mm-hmm. speaks to more of the fact that I don't find this nigga funny. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I don't know if this nigga knows what jokes are, bro. Yeah. I feel like he's missing the idea of what comedy is because... You're talking about his comedy. I understand if he was like giving interviews and like, yo, this is a problem with trans so community. Look, I He's thought not I, giving interviews about this. He put it in a comedy set. And the and the guy, I forget his name. Fuck his name. But the uh, the guy who attacked him while he was at his show, I think it was in L.A., um, turned out to be a Alphabet Boys activist. And it wasn't. It wasn't known at the time when he was like, yeah, I think that motherfucker was trans, but he said it after it happened and it turned out <laughs> that he wasn't as far off as niggas thought he was. So does that not, even even the Gerard Carmichael conversation aside, it, this puts us in a situation where it's almost like, yeah, what came first, the chicken or the egg? Because there's always been incidents where you'll see somebody trans wilding out in a GameStop over the the gender that they've been addressed as and taking issue with it but now it's just like we can have these conversations about it in real time but can't have it about it in a comedy special or um on a talk show or on a podcast like everybody's being pigeonholed for whatever opinion they had um I do think it's different. Like, if it was on a podcast, I would, like, give him. Like I, like I said, I just don't see Dave Chappelle hopping on podcasts, having opinions about trans people. It's more so, like, he might, if anything, he might explain the joke. But it all roots back to a joke. Like, yeah, he was trying to make a point. But at the end of the day, this is a comedy special, bro. Nobody should be held accountable for shit they say in a comedy special. Like, like I mean, whether you find it funny or not is one thing. Like, you could say he's not funny, but, you know. If people coming to see him, bro, like you know, that's that's a whole other thing. But to to try to police his words in a comedy special, it's just like, all right, man. If people didn't find it interesting or funny, then you wouldn't be seen. It, like, you wouldn't be talking about it. It wouldn't even be brought to you. I don't think people going up to Dave Chappelle like, you know what? What do you think about Gerard Carmichael? 
Like, nobody's doing the opposite to him. Like, I don't know if niggas is... Nobody needs to hear Dave Chappelle thoughts on you. So, you know. Mm. What else you got, though? Um, there was a story I just recently came across about um, Airbnb um, restrictions in Atlanta, which is... It's kind of not news. I think, it was, like everything else, any other hustle that people tend to make a lot of money off of fast... The government finds a way to work their way in there and get their piece of the pie. Um, apparently, um, 54% of Airbnbs in Atlanta are owned by people who have mo- more than one property, more than two. Um, and the new restrictions are going to limit anybody renting or using Airbnb at, uh, at this point in time to two properties. And one of them has to be um, their main residence. The problem with that, I think, I don't really even have a problem with the restrictions. Why is it so much property in Atlanta that isn't actual, actually available for rent to the people who live here? Because these are all people who rent these properties out for people who are going to be in town on short-term leases. And I think it applies to like other um, apps or leasing, subleasing uh, apps that allow you to rent out limited leases for a period of time. I think that's just indicative of the way Atlanta works now. Like, a lot of people just come here for maybe, like, 6 to 8, 12 months and uh, do whatever job it is, whether it be for in the entertainment industry or consulting or, you know, niggas throw parties and shit like that, especially during this time of year. And then they're gone. Um, And all the entertainments, entertainers that are in the city just in general. Um, But I don't know. The infrastructure on property is so wild now, like, I feel like real estate is probably going to be the next market that just kind of crashes because it seems like it's just built on on sand. I, I tried to keep up with crypto. It wasn't anything that I was really interested in, but I think it's, again, watching the the generational arc. This is our stocks and bonds. And as faulty as I feel like investing in stocks was when I was or, or as ill-informed as I was, Looking at stocks when I was growing up, I feel the same way about crypto now. And uh I mean RP crypto, man. I was trying to tell niggas months ago, years ago even. Should look bad. About this little crypto crisis thing that's gonna help ha- happening. Um I know that's not where we started, but it just made me think about that while we we're talking about it. But yeah. Shout out to everybody that's uh got their money in crypto. Don't look too good, man. You might need to hold that shit, man. You don't trust no money that's not backed by nothing. That's just me, man. I was you know, then when it's so heavily marketed to black people, that was my second red flag. So like, yo, I don't know, something's going on with this shit. Um, yeah, they couldn't get y'all with forex. They definitely got you with crypto. Yeah, yeah. And if it wasn't for that, they get you with the, the NFTs. Mm. All that shit crashing right now, because it's not backed by anything. It wasn't even anything. Like everybody's just trading an imaginary. Shit. Yeah, I think uh, some. The argument was always like, "No, nah, money's imaginary too." I'm like, "Yeah, you want to mm. go broad with it? You can, you can do that." We can do all of that shit. Yeah, but I can, I can. That shit's a paper thing, and it's backed by the government, bro. The government ain't backing no fucking crypto, bro. It's never gonna be a world coin where you just use everywhere. It's never. That's never gonna happen. Like, and the idea of that would be shut down by every government. Like, when you look at, when you look at our our investment strategies, like everything is a lottery. Everything's just a lottery. Uh, I think stocks and shit like that are at least they have like a science to them. That's that's. Okay, so if I invest something like, early in Facebook and Facebook blows up and we know Facebook, you can see it on the streets literally. Mm. You're like, okay, Facebook, like, all right, I knew a few people had Facebook and now everybody has Facebook. I can see that. And then my stock goes up. It's like the, the two things correlate. Like, nothing correlates with crypto. Like, how do you know it's doing well? Well, they, I, like, what I was going to say is like somebody who was talking, some financial guru, I want to say it was Gary Vee, but don't. Don't hold me to that, but he was just like your cri- the appeal of crypto or even NFTs is just it's like fashion. There is there isn't any real value other than the fact that it's something that has value, and the market around it determines what that value is. It ain't, it is nothing. But I do see the I, I like you. I've heard the fiat com uh the fiat currency comparisons, and it you're right. It ain't backed by the government, but there are a lot of people who have gotten bread. Out of it, we're just smart enough, or yeah, I think it's like any scam. Yeah, there's it's this, like a lick. Everything's yeah, kind of like a if lick. If you hit that shit early, if you got got it while it was sweet, 
then you could do it just like anything else. Like, there's a lot of good ass scams that work for a long time. And then like like Avon or some shit, nigga. There's some people at Avon, nigga. Got pink Bentley. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's man, powder pink. Got pink diamonds, nigga. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, shit different at the top. But also you got the people in the streets that still believing in that fucking Avon shit that's just making enough money to pay their supplier and the supplier supplier and shit like yeah. that. Avon was kinda like crack among the black mm-hmm. uh, female community. Anytime you see some shit like that, you know it's a scam. Yeah. Like anything is given to us. That's why I'm like all these black people kept telling me like, bruh, invest in crypto. I'm like bro. CMOS. <laughs> Just get you a pound. <laughs> get you a pound, bro. Break it down into five A's. All that snake oil shit, bro. Uh-huh. That's all it is. It's like it's it's no electronic. Electronic snake oil, bro. We're gonna get you. We're gonna get you a case of Noni juice, man. You just gotta sell two in order to make it back. Yeah. After that, you just sell them a hundred dollars a bottle. I see. I go fucking berries. Whatever the fuck them shits are. Yeah, that's I see. All. I go. That's a cheese. <laughs> whatever the Akai berries or whatever the fuck niggas is eating for a while. Hell yeah. <laughs> I see. I go it was, berries. <laughs> It was one of those magic fruits niggas was eating for a while. It's all the same shit. It's like, bro, you do this, bro, it's going to clean all the toxins out of your shit or whatever. Like, nah, man. Anytime shit is specifically given to, like, people that believe in magic, i.e. black people, don't believe it. But uh, <laughs> uh, I don't know where we started from that. Uh, yeah. Uh, oh, the housing. Airbnb. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's a... Yeah, Airbnb shit, man. It's just like, that's going to happen, bro. Y'all, y'all fucking with the hotel industry. It's just like kind of like Uber. Like, if anybody watched the Uber um, series, they talked about how it was such a fight with the uh, the cab industry because, like, you destroyed that. That one idea destroyed a whole industry. Like, some ideas don't work because... But the amount of people yeah, they're going to lose. Yeah, because, like, you know, like, when the car was invented, I'm sure there was motherfuckers on horses or something like, yo, bro, nah, man, we gonna kill what these... What we gonna do with all these colts? <laughs> <laughs> we gonna kill these car niggas, man. Fuck these niggas, man. They fucking up the money, dog. <laughs> Horse breeders was pissed, yeah. nigga. Like, what the fuck Not to mention with... carriage makers. Fuck yeah. with all these carriages, nigga. <laughs> nigga, I'm stuck now. <laughs> like, nigga, I just invested. Like, it's one nigga that invested, like... Two weeks before, like, cars hit the market and shit. They had to start even gambling know. them motherfuckers. That's why they started mm-hmm. horse racing. Mm-hmm. You know what? We got to do something with Build this shit. Build tracks. Yeah. Like, but, um, yeah, so, I think that's what's happening with Airbnb. Like, a lot of hotels and people like that are, are going to start fighting back in their local democracies and cities and governments and shit to try to put ordinances in against, like, people getting those shits. Because, like, yeah, think of getting too much money man yeah like nigga, if y'all hard. gonna keep buying like yeah most people must rather be in like a residential neighborhood that they feel like it's safe rather than be at like a you know maybe a seedy hotel or just right being some everybody don't want to be smack dead in the city when they travel sometimes people just want to be in like a cool little like home yeah, hotel starting to look, gonna end up looking like malls yeah exactly no for y'all. yeah so I think it's just the hotel industry fighting back. I think they, you know, they probably got some money underneath the table. I didn't think about that. Yeah, yeah. It's like, hey, man, shut this shit down, bro. They're probably doing it in every city. I'm sure it's not just an Atlanta thing. They're just like, it's, yeah. they, I'm sure they, they've got to see it in their bottom line at this point. Um, Airbnb is just, you know, it's everywhere now. So I'm sure, like, overall, because there's only, like, five hotel companies anyway. So they're seeing it in their bottom line. Like, when they do their board meetings, over like they can I'm sure they can pinpoint like their major markets where they're like oh shit we taking a dip yeah I think the other company is Verbo yeah uh, think about it cause Verbo is pretty much the same thing yeah oh yeah it's another little Airbnb joint uh, yeah okay yeah but yeah they probably just seen it in their bottom line so we gotta do something to attack it you can't tell people not to use Airbnb I'm sure they were the ones probably feeding them stories about niggas getting killed shit in Airbnbs and shit months ago like that's probably their way of pushing back. Like they were talking about that in the Uber um, series about just various ways where like other companies will have stories running the media to try to drop and their try to push the narrative yeah, yeah, yeah. to drop their stock mm-hmm. and try to just get people to stop using it in general. Like you know, make them feel like it's unsafe or like the owner is you know homophobic or you know a womanizer or whatever. You know. Yeah. The uh, what do you call that? Who's the nigga? Uh... They had the campaign against marijuana. Uh, 
that's not Rockefeller. Kissinger? Milton Kellogg? No, nah, that's a serial nigga. Yeah, I thought he was the one that was against weed, too. No, nah, he might have been against sex. No, nah, he was a... Yeah, uh, he was the one that was He was a media sex. tycoon, actually. Uh, he ran a paper in San Francisco. I can't remember his name, man. It's going to come to me after the pod. Um, one of the intellectual minds that listens to this podcast is probably screaming at the, mm-hmm. in the headphones. Um, but yeah, fuck you. Uh, <laughs> smart ass nigga. Mm. Uh, but yeah, he pushed it through his paper that marijuana was a drug just because the hemp industry was going to push out, you know, the paper industry at the time. And working in media, like the one thing you needed at that point in time was paper. So you, you own paper mills. You flipped your money that way. You created a need and then supplied that demand. Mm-hmm. I think that, like you said, it's kind of, Airbnb is kind of fucking up the ecosystem as far as, Staying remotely, you can live in an Airbnb and do all your work and, and quote unquote work from home in a complete incomplete in a completely different city. Because even like all when I was overseas, like the spot we were staying in, like a lot of people would rent those well buy those units outright. So you can get a nice little unit in a high rise, like eighty thousand, seventy five racks or something like that. And then they you know they use it maybe a month out of the year for their little vacations, and then. But for the rest of the year, they just rent it out for Airbnb. Yeah. So, like, shit, nigga. And, and there's hotels. <clears throat> there's hotels on the island. So, it's like, I mean, that's a spot where somebody would stay in a hotel. But now they're just in an Airbnb instead. So, yeah, I'm sure overall just seeing the, the knock in the revenue. So, they got to put a stop to that. Yeah. Well, that's all I got, bro. What you uh, been listening to? I haven't listened to anything. I'm not really fucking with music at the moment. Uh, as far as podcasts, I'm listening to um, Crime and Sports. Oh. Um, oh, they just did an episode on Zach Randolph. Shout out to Zach Randolph. Um, I listened to that one. That was a good episode. Yeah, that shit was cool. Um, listen to the Jewels. They kind of played this nigga like he was... I mean, shit he was. This shit was yeah. crazy. That nigga was wildin'. Um, shout out to Drink Champs. I listened to the Joel Santana episode. Um... Joe Button pod, of course. Um, <clears throat> Rice to Ricky Sanchez. Um, you stop saying that. Um, um, <laughs> I think that's it. Yeah, like I said, I'm not fucking with music right now. It's what I've been watching. Um, I watched this four-part doc. Let me see what it's called. Um, it's actually kind of interesting about this, like, self-help guru lady. It's called The Deep End, but it's on Freeform, um, also on Hulu. Cyber Hell, exposing the internet horror. That shit was pretty good. Um, the G word with Adam, Adam Conover is just about the government. Shit was pretty cool. Uh, George Carlin's The American Dream. Uh, I liked it a lot, man. Um, George Carlin is really ahead of his time as far as comedy is concerned. So, um, that was definitely a good watch. Um, other than that, oh, I watched Hustle, the movie. Shout out Adam Sandler, man. It wasn't necessarily good, but I definitely watched it, man. So, I didn't, I wasn't mad at it though. It was fine. Um, yeah, it was like it was like a white version of the air up there. With sure. The, with Kevin Bacon. Yeah, Kevin Bacon. He uh, went to Africa. He taught he taught black people how to play basketball. Oh shit! Like uh. tribal people <laughs> how to play basketball. It was very racist. It was at a time in the nineties where you could do shit like that. <laughs> Uh, I've been watching The Boys So The Boys is back Shout out to The Boys uh, And I started Miss Marvel So that's about it um, I think I'm about to start Barry this week So I know I'm late But I'll let y'all know how that goes Okay well. Oh I finished uh, Atlanta too Shout out uh, Childish Gambino How'd you feel? Uh, it ended weird But That's the end of it huh? Did you? No that's not the end of it I uh-huh. think there's one more episode The next episode is uh I mean, the next series of episodes, I think, is the last one. I think oh, it's one more pack. Okay, gotcha. Okay. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I, I it was fine. I, 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 it's good. It's good to. Um, 
I'm trying not to shit on it, but I think it's good that black people get to play roles that are more explorative than just the shit that we see on TV every day. So in that uh, side of it, I, I really like it because I'm just like, man, you get to see black girls just like really be themselves and not have like such canned material. It actually sounds like somebody black wrote this. Um, so that's good. Uh, <clears throat> I guess that's why people love the Jordan Pill shit and, and shit like that and maybe even Tyler Perry to a certain extent maybe just how you look at it but um, this feels fresh in like my generation uh, so yeah I like it I liked it I enjoyed it I, I don't have nothing bad to say about it I liked it favorite episode uh, the joint with uh, George George what's the guy's name famous comedian George um, not, not the black one man I know what you're talking about. Damn, George. Fuck. I gotta look it up now. I can't. I hate when I listen to podcasts and I, I never even say the name. I just seen them too because I was watching yeah. the... Um, we were just watching that shit. I was just watching the uh, Fat Tuesday documentary. Uh, uh, every other George is coming up. I'm putting up black comedian, George. George Wallace. God Wallace. Damn. Yeah, I wanted to say Lucas. Yeah. yeah. George Sorry, Wallace. Sorry, guys. All right. Damn. So, yeah, George, the George Wallace and um, R.I.P. Um, Kevin Samuels episode. I enjoyed that one. I thought that was hilarious. Just uh, Very well written, man. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Six things of- you can mix with Hennessy. That's hilarious. <laughs> yeah, I, I enjoyed that. I'm like, man, this nigga um, Donald or Steven, whichever brother wrote that line. Or whoever else was in that writing room, that's hilarious. Like that's that's one of the blackest things I've ever heard in my life. Like six things you can mix with Hennessy. This is also the second show that I've seen that has made a clear cut point of saying, like, yo, if you act white, you white. That episode mm-hmm. and then that, that damn Michael No, that episode and then the episode, um, which I think is my favorite episode, which was uh, the Space Cake one. I can't remember. It's got... Oh, New Jazz. The one where they go off in Amsterdam and they're supposed to go to that spa. And he ends up running into that chick and she just kind of starts telling this nigga about himself. Yeah. But yeah, I, I enjoyed Atlanta. It's, I definitely have watched certain episodes repeatedly. Like, I'm going back to the New Jazz episode. Definitely went back to Rich Wigger, Poor Wigger. Um Yeah. I thought it was dope how they shot it in black and white. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I like the little, the small touches that they, they give to the episodes. Very but. noir. I think that's what the, yeah. like I said, that's the genre I, is like black surrealism. Yeah, and you don't get, like I said, you just don't get to see us to explore those lanes as much in mainstream media. So that's always good. Yeah. Um, so I'm always appreciative for that, even if I don't love every detail. Like I know, I've I seen a lot of people around Atlanta like, bro, this is not Atlanta. And I agree. But um, so what? That's that's we had an argument about that. Shout Solomon. Solomon had a birthday recently. Um, and I pulled up on him and James and um, and Zoa, and we had a conversation about how we felt about the show in general. And I kind of said the same thing. I was like, "Yo, it's not about Atlanta, but it's about things that happen here." And I I can understand how I think you would even- want a certain you would want a certain depiction of Atlanta based on everything that happens here. Like there's a lot of stories to tell. But in order to make that entertaining and not cliche, you kinda gotta go the the long route. And I think the the last part of Atlanta, I've probably said this shit on the podcast before. There there are like three stages to the arc of Atlanta. The first season is Atlanta niggas in Atlanta. The second the second season is things that happen to Atlanta niggas in Atlanta. The third season, this season, is Atlanta niggas abroad in other environments. Like, how they respond to shit. Especially the episode where he was in that rich nigga house. It's like, yo, that whole interaction was, you saw the frustration that he was having trying not to act like a nigga. Yeah. On one end of the spectrum, and then with Earn, Earn trying to fit in with and do square business with niggas who don't. They have no concept of like what real substance is. Like that whole the whole NFT concept. Like we saw the way people spent money on NFTs and Bitcoin. I think it's the first time like culturally a certain type of demographic has had something that has taken over the social 
conversation of what's relevant. Like most of the time, that's just black culture. Like, and we argue over whether or not it's uh, valuable until somebody else gets their hands on it. And that that kind of story perpetuates itself in a lot of different environments, like music, entertainment. Like, um, and I think the more we see of shows like. I think Woke was one of the shows we talked about. I kind of like that show. I need to go back and revisit it. But um, Atlanta and that damn Michael Che, which I watched in its entirety. Really, really good show. Um, yeah, oh, yeah. I meant to mention that. But, yeah, really but it's just show. it's just important that you have those kind of stories out there because some niggas won't say the shit that we talk about. Like the fact that uh, <laughs> Michael Che threw his own brunch and he had on a Jay-Z wig. <laughs> and it made it hilarious because that conversation is really out there. And nobody says anything. We always have that conversation in private, like, like family members asking if so and so is gay. Like, yeah, Yo, you know, so and so, like, said that what's the face got on a lace front. <laughs> it's very black gossipy, and for somebody to kind of like put it on a show like that, it was hilarious. <laughs> See, it was well done, very well done. Had on a pink suit. I want to say, <laughs> he was like, "Yes, yeah, it's, it's mall." And it's like, but it looks more like fuchsia. <laughs> like you tell you just trying shit out. You're trying to find yourself through social events. It was really, really on par with what niggas be doing. Um, and I like the, I like the, the. I went, I went back and watched season one too. I like the way they set it up to where he was like doing the show and having a a, a conversation about ideas and concepts that were in the actual show. So it made me wonder if that was. Because he had some of the writers out there riffing with them, talking about shit that they do behind the scenes. And I'm like, yeah, I wonder if they actually played the episodes and then did uh, a Q&A or he did yeah, a set yeah, I'm behind how, it. Yeah, I'm not sure. Because before it was just him sitting in a green room and kind of like ram- rambling off ideas. Yeah, yeah. It, wasn't, it wasn't in a public setting. It was yeah. just them and the writers. Yeah, for sure. Um, very, very interesting show. Like, I, I'm probably going to go back and watch it um, again. Uh, what else have I seen? Uh, let me check. That damn Michael Shea. Um, I don't think I've really seen shit else. Podcast I've been listening to. Uh, The Dollop. The most recent episode was... Let me see. The Denny McLean. Uh pictures are fucking insane. Um, like anyone any story that crime and punishment or um or crime and sports, pardon me, or the dollop does on pictures is usually one of the wildest stories you've ever heard in your entire life. Um this one was on Denny McLean. Denny McLean played for I wanna say it was the White Sox. Um no Detroit Tigers, pardon me. And uh it was like during the 60s, mid 60s, late 70s. He ended up playing, I think, until the early 80s. Um, but by that time, he, like, if you remember that era of baseball, like, you didn't really have to be athletic. There was niggas like Terry Pendleton and, like, um, I mean, even still, some niggas. <laughs> I was like, what's changed, nigga? Yeah, some I miss something, nigga, still. Like, like, yeah, that some era niggas golf, work bro. Out. <laughs> back, back when golf wasn't athletic. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Tiger did come in and kind of change that. Niggas come in there and turn shit up. <laughs> and all of a sudden, it's a real sport now. <laughs> you have to be athletic to play baseball. These Dominicans out there, out there doing push-ups midfield. You better do something. I remember David Wells being 600 pounds <laughs> fucking pitching for the New York Yankees and shit, or Mets. Yeah, Roger and Clemens was really yeah. never, he was never the mo- a, a, a very athletic specimen. Big Poppy was a big, fat piece of shit for years. <laughs> he started hitting the motherfuckers, boy. <laughs> Manny Ramirez out of shape. Uh, this goes on, but in, yeah, anyway. <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, pitchers are insane. Uh <laughs> Oh, speak, speaking of uh, sports, uh, let me just throw this in there. Um, crime and sports, the uh, Omarness of Reggie Gross. It's basically the the real guy. Well, the wire is like based on a few real people apparently, and this is one of the people. Like they could like combined. Uh, this guy Reggie Gross, who used to be a boxer, he actually fought Mike Tyson. But um, they combined him and another guy to make, I believe, was I don't think it was Omar. Yeah, I guess it must have been Omar because this name of the episode. So I guess the Omar character. So, yeah, and like all the streets and shit. Like basically, a lot of his life is in the wire. They were given like the uh, 
the side by side type thing in the podcast. We're like, all right, so this is where they got this part from. So thought that was pretty cool for all the fans of the Wire. The Prime Sports episode. Yeah, yeah, it's called. Uh, it's about a guy named Reggie Gross from uh, Baltimore area. He was this boxer that became a drug dealer and shit. Well, a, a hitman for drug dealers. Yeah, so that was Omar, right? Well, kind of. Kind of the rob drug dealers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, they kind of like morphed the story a little bit. Yeah. Yep. I, I have to check that one out. Um, mm-hmm. I, I've been trying to read more uh, books that I've had in rotation. I just can't look at screens as much. Um, I'm still finished. I finally finished the, I don't know what you call it, um, the, the Be Here Now by Ram Dodge. I finished the the majority of the story. Like, it's a story. It's basically him talking his way through a trip of some sort. And uh, the book is really written well. I, I encourage anybody who's looking for an interesting read to go get it. Um, but I also have been reading Dick Gregory's Political Primer um, for African Americans. Uh and I like the way it reads. It's been, it, it was hard for me to get into it because I usually don't like serious books, especially like Political Primer kind of scared me a little bit. But he writes like he's talking to you. Like the conversation isn't, it's not, a, it's not like a lesson. He's just giving you scenarios and the information you can do what you want with it. What I pulled from it so far, and it's not that, it's not even, it's not even in chapters. It's kind of like in sections. He'll start a paragraph and talk about an idea and then go on to something else. Um, but one thing I've noticed is the narrative fits very, like, succinctly with the time we're in now. Like, you can just change the names and or even not even change the names. Like, the fear of, like, communist rule or ideas infiltrating the American government, all that shit has always been a factor in people's thinking. And the divide between what works well for people and what works well for the government. Like everybody's sort of focused on greed instead of the idea that people are just human. And in some situations it works better if everybody is kind of taken care of, but that's another conversation. But yeah, uh, Dick Gregory was always kind of one of my favorite like narrators. Uh, he reminds me a lot of what we're seeing kind of from Dave Chappelle. It's just, I feel like the, the content gets lost. Um, but um, I'm enjoying it. I'm probably gonna try to finish that book before the month is out. And then, yeah, the boys. I watched the boys. One of the best written shows I've seen as of recent. Um, Storyline keeps getting better. I think, they, and it, it. I thought it was gonna be hard after the last season because so much shit happened. Um, I was surprised to see that uh, Stormfront was still alive. That shit killed me. Um. Sorry, spoilers. Oh, yeah. Damn. Yeah, I was going to say something else, but I'm like, you know what? I don't even know if you've seen this yet, so I'm going to just shut up. Yeah. I, I haven't seen the most it. recent episode, but I've seen up until four, so. I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> but no, Don't man, watch. that's all I got. Um, shout out to all the people that are still out there listening. Um, Wash Never Washed Up. Yeah, we're Wash Never Washed Up. Uh, good to be back. Blah, blah, blah. Uh, explosions. I'll throw some sound effects in there. Record drops. Mm-hmm. I'll stay black, man. Yeah, y'all stay black uh, and sweeter or some <laughs> shit. All right, man. We out.